Welcome back to another youth-centered podcast. We're really excited here today to have North Andover High School junior Callista Rengler, also the first voice and face you see at the youth center at the front desk. She's been working with us for this year, and we're really excited to have her. We're not going to talk about necessarily her job here at the youth center. We're going to talk about the topic of overcoming adversity and the opening of new doors. And uh, Callista's agreed to come on to talk about a traumatic thing that obviously happened to her uh, when she tore her ACL. We're going to talk about how it happened, the recuperation, the rehab, and all, also a number of different things that because of the injury, it might have opened up other doors for her. So first of all, Callista, thank you for coming on the Youth Centered Podcast. Thank you for having me. So Callista, we know you're very popular and probably a lot of people know you, but some of our listeners, and again, because you got extended family in Japan and Germany, there might be some people there that don't necessarily know who Callista Ringler is. So could you give us a quick bio on who you are? So I'm Callista Ringler. I'm a junior at North Andover High School. I've lived in North Andover for the past 11 years. I went to Franklin Elementary School and then also the North Andover Middle School. And now you're at, obviously, the high school. So um, we're going to talk today about, obviously, the injury that happened to you. But before you got to the high school, uh, what sports did you play? Before I got to the high school, I played a lot of sports. I played basketball, field hockey, soccer. I ran track, um, but I've always played lacrosse. I've been playing lacrosse since first grade, and that's always been my big sport. So, so lacrosse is number one. Yeah. So when you got to North Andover High School, obviously you couldn't play every sport, but what sports did you start playing, or what are you still playing now? My freshman and sophomore year, I played soccer, and then my junior year, since I couldn't play because of my injury, I managed for the varsity soccer team. And then sophomore and freshman year, I ran indoor track. And then I've been playing varsity lacrosse since my freshman year of high school. And I plan on playing that throughout. Yeah, we're going to talk about your return to the field very soon. So you were a varsity lacrosse player right from the minute you come to North Andover High School? Yes. Wow, awesome. All right, so let's take us through um, when the day you came. Now, we obviously, I know a lot about ACL injuries. Um, and you and I talked uh, last week about, you know, the increase in how many girls have torn their ACL. So tell me about the day that it happened. Did it happen actually while you were playing? Did it happen just sometimes, you know, wear and tear and then you just walk down the stairs and did it? How did you tear your ACL? So it was the game against Central Catholic and we had to win the game in order to have a chance at winning the MVCs. And it was probably like the last five minutes of the game and we were defending our goal and I was marking a cutter, and then the cutter made a cut, and she actually got the feed, and I tipped the feed away. But as I was jumping up to tip the feed away, I landed on my leg and twisted, and my knee just like immediately gave out, and I heard a loud pop, and I just went down screaming. So you heard a pop when yes. this happened. So at that point, and obviously you said the result was you were screaming, obviously in pain. Did you know at something at that point in time that this was bad? I didn't think it was going to be my ACL, but I knew like I had tweaked my knee somehow. So, How was the response on the field? Obviously, you were taken off the field. Did you come off on your own power? How did, how did that go? Uh, the trainer and prior had to run out to the field, and they had to carry me off the field because I couldn't walk on my leg. Okay. So that was a night game or an afternoon game? It was at like 4 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So when did you go first to get um, a doctor's opinion on this? The next morning, my dad took me to our pediatrician, and then they told us to go to 
children's in Waltham. So when you went to the pediatrician, did he have he or she have an idea at that point what it was? They didn't think it was my ACL. They just thought it was going to be like an MCL sprain or something. But they were like, still go get an MRI just to double check and make okay, sure. Okay, so you had to have an MRI. And obviously having an MSL, um, MCL strain would have obviously been better news than mm-hmm. tearing you. So take me through when you went down to Children's Hospital. How did that all go? So we went and the first time we went to get an MRI, the MRI machine broke. Oh. So we had to go to a different hospital and get an MRI there, still Children's Hospital. But then I got my MRI and we went into the doctor's office to like talk about the results. And he was like just talking about all these different injuries that I had sustained on my knee, like MCL strip sprain, um, possible meniscus tear. And then he was like, I think the most severe of all your injuries was an ACL tear. And like at first I didn't even comprehend it. I was like, no way, like I didn't tear my ACL. Like, it took me, like, five minutes to understand that, like, I had torn my ACL. So you were basically in denial, right? Yeah. Couldn't be that. Um, And as you were denying it, you know, what's your emotions going through at that point? I was just kind of sitting there, and I was like, this isn't happening to me. Like, why me? Like, of all people, all lacrosse players, like, why am I one of the people that has to go through this? And, like, then once it kind of sunk in, like, all I wanted to do was just, like, cry. But I didn't feel like crying in front of the doctors. Sure. And then my dad, like told the doctor like this is obviously gonna be really hard on her and then I just like immediately broke down into tears crying so your dad's there and as as a father myself that had to have been a a horrendous day um finding out the news with you and seeing you and in in such a state how was your dad like how, how did he handle that at that point is he trying to be the strong father and and everything else yeah my dad has always been like kind of this like strong man and so he's was probably my biggest supporter throughout the entire nine-month recovery and he was just always really strong about everything so you find out and they give you a list of things that's wrong so it's not just a torn acl it's a number of different things um you leave the doctor's office that day or the hospital and you're going home and at that point in time did you already have scheduled when surgery would be and what was all that like yeah we scheduled my surgery and my surgery was like the next month because they wanted me to do like some physical therapy before going into surgery to like regain my motion and bring down the swelling and my dad like immediately the next day had me already in physical therapy he called around everywhere and just got me in as soon as they could so that month leading up to the surgery um were you having to be on crutches were you able to basically hobble around i was on crutches for two days and then i just had a huge like full leg knee brace that I had to wear in order to walk. And that was all before the surgery. Yeah. Okay. So leading up to the surgery, you know, you, you know, you have to have the surgery, right? And probably the worst surgery a high school kid wants to hear in terms of, you know, a leg injury with the ACL. What was it like leading up for a month? You still got to go to school. You still got to live your life. What was going through you in that first month? At first I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. I still was like kind of in denial. I was like, no way. Like, I just didn't want to take part in it but then eventually like probably like half a month before surgery I was like all right like this happened and I just have to accept it and move on and do what I can to get back on the field as soon as possible that's awesome so take me up the month they have the where was your surgery done um children's in Waltham children's in Waltham um so had you had surgery before was this your first surgery this was my first surgery okay so scary day when you had to go get surgery obviously go under anesthesia and uh, so take me through the whole day of surgery what was all that like 
So my surgery wasn't until like two o'clock in the afternoon. So I couldn't eat all day Mm -hmm. and I was just absolutely starving. And then I was in the waiting room and I was kind of like freaking out, like waiting to go into like the surgery. So they like gave me medicine to help calm me down. And then the next thing I knew, I was like waking up in like the post-op room and there's a nurse being like, do you want a popsicle? (laughs) And I was like, sure. So pretty much from when they gave you the medication to also calm your nerves a little bit and then the general anesthesia, uh, then you were out and you just woke up after that. What was, um, so they wake you up, they get you in the ICU and the recovery or so to speak. Um, What was going through your mind at that point? You had just had your knee repaired. What was going through your mind? I don't even really remember. It's just like such a blurry memory now because of all the medications and stuff. But I don't know. It was just kind of like, I don't know. I didn't really comprehend that I just had knee surgery. I was kind of just sitting there. How long did you have to stay in the hospital? I was only in the hospital for like an hour after surgery. And then they got me in the car and I went home. So you're actually able to recoup at home. So you go home. You've had the surgery. Now you have this unenviable situation where you've got a rehab. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is an ACL is at least nine months, um, you know, fully rehabbing to get back on the field. And we'll talk about how you've gotten back on the field. But you then knew you were going to have a large and a long road ahead. Um, as you're sitting in your house, you know, the day or two after the surgery, emotionally, what were you going? What was going through your mind? Well, because the first week after surgery, like I couldn't really do any PT or anything. And honestly, I thought that kind of sucked because like I just wanted to like get going and just do what I could to get back on the field as soon as possible. But like the first week, like you're not really supposed to do much. You're just supposed to kind of like relax and like get better from surgery. So after the week, so you recuperate from the surgery, so to speak, and then you've got to get into the rehab. And I'm sure there was a tremendous amount. Talk about the rehab. Physical therapy, I'm sure, was the first thing. Talk about that. So at first I was in PT just trying to like regain my motion, get the swelling down. And that was like kind of like the easy stage, I like to say. It wasn't very like physically demanding. But then once I got into like the more physically demanding part of like the like um, restrengthening my quad muscle, I don't think I've ever like gone through something that physically demanding as that was. How often did you have to go to PT? I was in PT twice a week, but then I also did it every single day at home. So you had exercises and things you had to do at home. Let's give a shout out. Who was that physical therapist that worked with you? Um, Alex from Professional Physical Therapy. And where th- where are they out of? North Andover. All right. So Alex, um, Alex, a man or a female? A uh, man. It's a man. Okay. So Alex did some, and he, he was your continuous physical therapy during this whole period? Yeah. I went to physical therapy up until six months. And then I started to go to Body by Boil to do like real strength oh, yeah. and conditioning training to like yep. get back in and everything. Okay. So those were some of the physical things you did. Um, but you had a, you know, at that point, you still had to go to school um, and getting around and everything. Was it difficult for a while after post-surgery and when did you start to feel like you could at least get around a little bit better after two weeks I could start walking again but I was still in like the big knee brace and everything so that was a little bit frustrating and I didn't think it was going to be as hard to learn to rewalk again as it actually was right right obviously that's serious thing all right so let's talk about a little bit of the emotional stuff right so I know everybody wants to be a tough guy and I know everybody thinks that you know they can do this but this is this is tough so you had to have had some dark moments where you just 
either felt defeated or or maybe you didn't. Maybe you were like, I'm going to fight this through. What was going through Callista's mind emotionally during this whole period? There were definitely days where I had bad days and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is just too much for me. But the one thing that kind of kept me going at the end of each day was like, I'm one day closer to being back on the field. Like, I'm one day closer to game day is something I would tell myself at the end of every day, which like that kind of like kept me going and kept me in like the positive mindset to just keep pushing every single day to do what I needed to do to get back out on the field. So you had self-motivation that yeah. you and you actually I like that. Say that again. What was it? It was one day closer. What'd one you day say? closer to game day. One clip day closer to game day. That's great. Did you have days where it was tough to have that strong motivation there were definitely days when i would be like sore and tired from pt and i was like i don't even want to go to the gym i don't even want to go do this stuff anymore but like once i got to the gym and i actually did it i felt good about myself being able to like push myself to do that so where was the support coming from i imagine your family who who were maybe other people that helped you support wise during this period of time one of my best friends eleanor motts she's my friend from club lacrosse she was a huge supporter this entire time. How so? What did she do to support you? She lives in Acton, so I don't see her that often, but her and I text constantly every day. And like, she's just one person I can always talk to about pretty much anything. And like, she's just been huge throughout this entire time. Cause I'll text her when I'm having a bad day and she'll just kind of be like, you're one day closer to game day. Like you got this. And like, always just kind of hype me up to like, get me back to like the positive mindset that I need to get through this. And she would just always text me and be like, you're just doing so amazing. Like, I can't believe that, like, you're going through all this and handling it all so, so well as you are. And you're saying that this was important for you to hear yeah. this from her. You ever yeah. tell her how important that was for you? Yeah. You did. Good. Yeah. So, you obviously, a lot of gratitude there. All right. We know your mother and father, and we got this crazy little brother that actually <laughs> comes to the youth center, too. How supportive was your family during this whole period of time? My family has been very supportive through everything, like especially my dad. He was just always making sure I had the best surgeons, the best physical therapist, just getting the best treatment from everyone. And then my mom just did absolutely everything I needed, like after surgery and before surgery to like make sure I was like okay and stuff. And my brother was just always kind of there to like cheer me up and put a smile on my face when I had bad days. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And you guys are pretty close because obviously you work here now and he comes here <laughs> and it's it's pretty cool to see. So emotionally, there were ups and downs, but you kept fighting that through. You never gave up on it. And this is, you know, you're getting closer to your goal of one game, one day closer to your game. Talk to me a little bit more about, take me through the whole nine months of recuperation physical. We did physical therapy for six months. You went to boils. Um, what are some other things that you had to do or you did on your own to get yourself in the best position? I went to the gym every single day after school in order to like just regain my strength again. Um, PT, obviously. And then Boyle has been a huge part lately because they're really focusing on like the smaller like aspects of like cutting and like all that kind of stuff. Is it, was it scary in your, in your recuperation? We're going to talk about the scariness of getting back on the field, but in terms of your recuperation, you mentioned cutting and obviously cutting is a huge part of many sports in, in particular lacrosse. Um, were you nervous in trying to push yourself in these things? Did you feel like you were going to hurt yourself again? There were times when I was hesitant, but I feel like most of the time I was just kind of excited to be able to do it again because I hadn't done it in so long. It just always felt so good. So regardless of what the fear, it was more of the happiness and the excitement of being back working yeah. out that was key for you. Awesome. Um, so you and I talked a little bit. So I say, you know, sometimes when kids get injuries, I, I get worried that, 
you know, obviously I know their parents are going to support them. I know, and it sounds like you have an amazing friend from Acton. She sounds like awesome, awesome person. Um, but sometimes people forget that people are injured and they're all got their own life to do. Um, what was it like um, at the after the surgery and going into soccer season, which you would have played soccer, where what was it like sitting on the sidelines and not being able to play? It honestly sucked. Like, I just hated, like, being able to watch all these people just like playing and having fun. I was like, always like, I just want to be out there playing again. Like that's all I want. That's all I ever wanted to do. And did that continue to motivate you also? Yeah. Okay. So we talked last week and I, when you were talking about shaping this podcast, we talked about, I asked like, so, you know, did it open up other doors in other areas? And, and, uh, I wasn't sure what you were going to say. And I was actually excited with some of the things you said in regards to our place here. So what did, what other doors were open, but the fact you have this really bad thing that happens to you, you're feeling really bad for you, but because of the injury where you couldn't play sports, it opened up the doors. Talk about that. So since I wasn't able to play sports, my mom was like, you're getting a job during the school year. Like, I don't care what it is. Just like apply to all these jobs. So I was like, okay. And then she was like, what about the youth center? Like your brother will be there after school. And I was like, okay. So I just kind of applied. I didn't really know what I was expecting. And then Demi immediately emailed me the next day and was like, oh, like, come by. And then she told me I had the job. And I was like, okay, like, I have a job. But, like, I feel like it's just turned into so much more than a job for me now because, like, the relationships I've been able to make with the kids here, like, you're just not going to get that anywhere else. And, like, I feel like the kids have changed me in a way. How so? How have the kids changed you? There was just, like, days where, like, I'd have a bad day in school and I'd go to work after. And I'd kind of walk in being like, oh, I don't really want to be here. Like, I just want to go home today. It was such an awful day. And then, like, a kid would come and be like, oh, can you play a game with me? Or, like, some kid would come in and be like, oh, I have new music. Like, listen to it with me. And, like, just small things like that, like, make you realize, like, how important you really are. And you're working for us now. And I, you're here, like, two or three days a week, right? And... uh I know, I think I remember your first day here, you were working upstairs, which tends to be one of the places that our new employees go. And we saw you interacting with the kids and, and we had a shortage. We wanted people to work the front desk. And not that it's a gender specific job, but the fact is our females are better at the front desk than <laughs> our males are for a variety of reasons. And, uh, you know, we tried you down there and uh, you just had a great personality. What was it like when we kind of made you the big promotion to the front desk, customer service representative? My first day, I was honestly terrified. Like, I don't know, like answering phones really scared me. But like now it's just like a normal thing I do. And like talking to parents, like I feel like I wasn't that much of like a people person before I started working here. And like my mom even says it like I'm so much more like open about stuff now and I can like make connections with anyone now. Yeah, I mean, you were a little quiet when you first started here. And I I probably helped by scaring you because I think on the first day I said, there's just one thing you can't do. Do you remember what that was? No about my phone calls oh yeah drop your calls yeah, don't drop the boss's calls uh, so it probably didn't help the anxiety of working the front <laughs> desk but you have been amazing you still do other places in the youth center but the front desk you you know Saturdays now which is obviously crazy with all the fourth and fifth graders and all the parents that come in and everything um, so your mother says she's noticed some changes what have you noticed what, what have you personally noticed besides the fact that you're a little more open and talking to people I just I'm a lot more open now and like I just love being with the kids all the time and stuff like I like look forward to going to work now and like it's a big part of my life now and I never really thought that like the youth center would ever be that big part of my life because like I was always like oh yeah like the youth center is there but like 
the fact that I have a job here now and I'm involved in like youth council and stuff like it's just like made me open up and like been more of a people person now the reality here is if you had not turned your toe on your ACL and the fact that you're a multi-sport athlete we probably wouldn't have seen you here correct Mm -hmm. you might have um, joined youth council or something like that but in terms of working here that was probably something that you wouldn't have been able to do time-wise or whatever so I guess it is a silver lining of the ACL injury Mm -hmm. what are some other things you're involved here with us here at the youth center I'm involved in youth council what's that all about for you um youth council has been huge for me it's really just like opened me up to like different parts of the community like when we went to the boys and girls club and gave them christmas dinner like that was like such a cool experience for me because like i didn't realize there were like communities like that so close to my own home and like just seeing everyone brought together like that at like an event like that was like crazy for me to see kind of um and then we just always do a lot of service trips which i really like those i really enjoy going to and planning all the events that we have here at the youth center is really fun for me too all right time to give a little plug for the youth council what what upcoming events do they have coming we got a couple special things coming up don't we we have the teen job fair tomorrow night and then we have the big auction at the youth center saturday night or saturday the end of march yes end of march yeah and then we have the Mito Classic in April, which I'm really looking forward to because I really want to play in it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, you'll be able to play in it this year. And that's obviously one of our best fundraisers. M- males, females, high school kids, middle school kids. It's, it's just an awesome event that we've taken over and the people that have done some great work over the years. And, uh, yeah, so the Mito Classic will be one of the big things. All right, so let's let's get down to brass tacks here a little bit. Um you know, when you didn't play, we couldn't play the end of, you know, your junior, obviously your junior year. Um, you sat on the sidelines, you saw the lacrosse, but now you're healthy now. And you gave me some great news last week. You've been given the clearance to play. Um, spring sports starting another week and a half or so. you got to be a little nervous. What's all that going to be like? I'm nervous, but at the same time, I'm beyond excited to get back on the field. Like, it's just so exciting that, like, after nine long months of, like, not being able to play, I can just, like, go out and play again. And at this point in time with some of the preseason work, have you been playing where you're testing that knee yeah. um, and everything pretty good with that? Yeah. That's pretty good. Now, we have a, a new transition with a new coach here at the at, at the high school. Have you met her yet? Yes. Okay. So, um, and is she aware that you had turned torn your ACL? Yeah. Okay. So... Obviously, uh, a new coach, a new beginning here, and obviously, in a lot of ways, a new beginning for you, right? So, um, and you're only a junior, so you've got two years of lacrosse. Um, you tell me you're unbelievably excited uh, for that first day. Um, how about your parents? They're a little nervous that, you know, they know you're ready, but they are parents, right? Are they nervous about you getting back on the field? I think they're kind of nervous, especially my mom. Like, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to captain's practice. And she'll be like, okay, be careful. Like, make sure you're wearing your brace. Like, she's very hesitant about it because, like, they know, like, the impact it had on me right when it happened. And, like, I don't think they want to see me, like, go through that again because, like, at first I was so down on myself about it. Sure. Now, obviously a new coach who doesn't know the history of you, but a lot of the kids on the team you've played with for a number of years. What's their feeling about Callista getting back on the field? I think they're all really excited, too. Nice. Who are your closest friends on the team? I would probably say the Dion twins are probably my two closest because we've always run midfield together throughout, like, youth and stuff. So. 
two other youth center workers also, yes. talented youth center workers as well as lacrosse players. So um, you're talking about lacrosse right now, and you're beaming, by the way. People can't see us because it's audio, but you're smiling. You're pretty excited about things. Um, anything that you need from people before you head off to this next chapter? Or are you just ready to go? I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. Let me ask you some questions. It's time for you to give a little advice. Um, so injuries are part of every sport, and I see it every year, whether it's, you know, basketball, baseball, football, you know, where people have and sometimes season-ending injuries, which are really, really tough, um, and they think the end of the world has happened. And for them at that person in time, it, it might be the end of the world for them. What do you say to maybe a young Callista Ringler um, who may have a serious injury, hopefully not an ACL, but what would you say to those kids that have an injury and think the sky is falling? What do you tell them? I would just say, like, yes, it sucks right when you find out that it happened, but, like, all you can do is, like, kind of accept it and just do whatever you need to do to get back on the field, and, like, it does get better. And when you hit those little milestones, like being able to walk again, run again, like, those things just, like, things that you take for granted every day just seem so much better once you're, like, able to do it. That's awesome. What do you what do you say to doctors and physical therapists that your personal doctors and physical, or, or in general of people that help people like you get back on the field? What do you what do you think of those people that that help you get healthy? I think that's like crazy to be able to like take someone and be able to like help them like get back to like what they love doing. And like I'm so thankful I've like met the amazing like physical therapists and like doctors that I've had. Like they've been amazing to me. And I just think it's like so incredible that they can do that. How exciting will it be to either send a card or an email to those people saying, I'm back. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, make sure you do that because you know me, I'm big on gratitude and making sure you, you're thankful for people. Um, let's talk a little bit about what's the future hold. You're only a junior in high school. Um, I have a, a two-year contract with you. You cannot leave until you graduate <laughs> high school. So um, what does the future maybe hold for you? I want to go to college, and I know I want to go on a pre-med track. I don't know what I'd major in yet either, probably chemistry or biology. And then I want to go to med school and be a doctor. And I think I kind of want to be a pediatrician because I wasn't a very big, like, kid person before I started working here. But, like, now that I'm, like, hanging out with kids every single day, like, I want to, like, work with kids when I'm older too now. Did you always want to go into the medical field or did be, was it because of the injury or you always wanted to? I've always wanted to go into the medical okay. field. So the youth center is the inspiration for you wanting to be a pediatrician, right? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to expect you to come back and be <laughs> our uh, YC doctor at some fun or something at some point. But So that obviously is an ambitious track, um, finishing high school, going to college, med school, long road. Um, think you can do that? I think so. Pretty motivated to do that? Yeah. And do you believe that things like this injury have made you even stronger to maybe achieve your goals? Yeah, I think it's made me mentally and physically so much stronger than I was before. Absolutely. And I, I've kind of seen that right now. Um, not to repeat some things, but as we wrap up the podcast, what have you really learned about yourself through this whole thing? I've learned that I'm a lot stronger than I think I am. Like, I've always struggled with, like, kind of self-confidence in the past, but, like, this is just really, like, I kind of proved myself wrong. Like, I didn't really think I'd be able to go through the, all this and complete it in less than nine months, but I did it in just under nine months, which was kind of huge for me because, like, I don't know, the fact that I proved myself wrong is just, like, huge for me, and it just, like, gives me so much more confidence. 
Are your parents going to be at uh, that first game when you play your first game again? Hopefully. What do you, you think is going to go through their minds? I have no idea. I feel like they're going to be excited that I'm back, but at the same time, be a little bit hesitant. Yeah. I mean, obviously, their parents, right? The last thing they'd want to see is you to get hurt again. But um, as we say, injuries are part of everything, and they've got to support you. And we're going to be positive, right? We're, yeah. we're going to go out there and kill it on that. So obviously, we wish you the best of luck with lacrosse. Um, and obviously, a healthy lacrosse season. Will you play soccer next year? I'm still undecided about that because then I wouldn't be able to work here. So I might just manage again and still okay. work here. So. so you could do a little bit of both yeah. and, and stay involved with the sport, soccer. But but lacrosse is your is your yes. big. Would you like to play lacrosse in college if you possibly could? If I can, I would like to. But it's not a definite. Just yeah. see where that goes from there. All right. We're going to give you what's called the final word. And that's what we probably give our guests all the time. You can address it to anybody. Our our listeners will be uh, obviously your family, your best friends, all those boys at the high school that have a crush on you. And uh, <laughs> a number of your teachers, a lot of the high school teachers and administrators are, are huge listeners of our podcast. So what would you say to anybody about overcoming adversity and maybe being open to new doors opening for someone? I would say that anything you're facing, like it does get better and it will always get better no matter how bad it may seem. And you just have to kind of keep an open mindset and like look for opportunities that you might have not happened. Like my mom refers to me tearing my ACL as like a blessing in disguise because I wouldn't be the person I am today if it hadn't happened. Wow, that's great advice. And you know we love you here and um, I would have never wished an injury on you. Um, but obviously we are the recipient of Callista Ringler getting an injury right and being part of our family here and it was thank god you reminded me i got a whole nother year of you so that's good <laughs> we don't have to say goodbye to you this year and hopefully you're going to be with us on uh, this summer again too so thank you for this words of advice and hopefully people will listen to this um and just realize that yeah injuries as you said sucked and um but it's not the end of the world and you you can fight and get better and stronger so i'm proud of you and uh we're going to be rooting for you as soon as uh you get on that field and i know you're going to do great thank you well calissa thanks for coming on our podcast we really appreciate it and we got some ups upcoming youth-centered podcasts um just uh give you a few of the titles we have anthony sideri coming back to do our addiction part two series we have jimmy boyle and another member of the to still be announced from the hockey team coming to talk about the very successful 2019-20 boys hockey team we have a former youth center employee and present physical ed teacher and coach in tooksbury that's going to come in and talk about changing and rebuilding a team culture we got Brian Sheehy and some of the high school students students coming in to talk about race amity. Uh, we have Joanna Ouellette and Ellen Mosier coming in to talk about the beauty of, of Stevenson State and how to access the estate a little bit more, the grounds anyways. Demi will be coming in to do her annual Everything You Need to Know About Summer 2020. And we're also been excited that the DECA program at the high school, which I think is an amazing, amazing program, um, their advisor and a couple students are going to be coming in to talk about the great DECA program. So those are some of the things that are coming up in the next month. And uh, we try to post these every week and you can get them on our youth center cha uh, youtube channel as well as all of our podcast site so again we thank calista ringler for coming in and as we end every podcast we always say too much passion is never enough passion